Hey guys, so today's interview, I interviewed Dale Partridge. I follow Dale on Instagram and I have for a while and really enjoy his content and especially the insight and wisdom that he has for us on certain topics. One topic in particular that I know that he has spoken a lot about and something that I'm quite passionate about is American Christianity and the American church and what's happened with it. <laughs> I asked him a few basic questions about this and I think he broke it down brilliantly. Also, just so you know, it actually wasn't very easy for Dale to do this interview today. He is suffering from chronic illness and he's on the road. He just moved to Arizona. He's living in a fifth wheel with his wife and three children. And I would just ask that we uh, come together as the body of Christ to pray for him, help them out in any way that we can. But especially, particularly with his chronic illness, I know that this took a lot of work and energy for him to do this short video with me. So I was very grateful for that and I didn't waste any time. We got right into it. To give you some brief information about Dale and his ministry, uh, he is at relearn.org and it's really focused about biblical literacy and they're very big about planting house churches and missionary work. One major emphasis and focus on what they do in ministry is teaching and planting these house churches. And if you want to know more about that, the website that you can visit to give you more information on this is reformationseminary.com. He also has a podcast called uh, Real Christianity Podcast. I will leave all this information in the description of this video if you want to check it out. I highly recommend that you do. I hope this interview blesses you and helps you. I think Dale does a great job on narrowing down these issues. Yeah, Dale, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I know that this is um, a subject that you are passionate about, as am I. I think that you are somebody that can give us a lot of insight about this particular topic. I know that you're out traveling, you're with your family. Um, it's actually, honestly, for my audience to know this, it's not actually easy for you to do this interview right now um, because you have chronic illness, you have health issues you're dealing with. Yeah, it's basically we're, we're living in 415 square feet with uh, with three kids, um, seven, five, four. And so it's, it's a lot, um, going on, but we are, yeah, we're in, uh, the Phoenix area. It's warm, which has been good for my body. Um, but yeah, we're excited to, to, to be here as a family and I'm excited to have this conversation. I think it's important. Ministry doesn't stop. Um, you know, th that's the thing is we often want to, uh, we have this belief that when we don't feel well, we don't do our duty or responsibility. We have what I would say is conditional obedience, where if all the conditions are right, we'll do what we need to do. Um, but the truth is, 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 you know, if you're called to ministry, you keep, per, you, know, you, you persevere by God's strength. I mean, this is the reason that Paul could be stoned and imprisoned and have sleepless nights and shipwrecked and bit by snakes and all the other things that happens. And he just keeps going. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's my hope is that the Lord just continues to give me strength so that I can continue to preach the gospel and, and, um, share what the church needs to hear, uh, based off the edification uh, from the scriptures. That's, that's really well said. I like that you shared that there were lots of struggles that the early church went through and they persevered and there's nothing like, you know, when your body isn't working right. And you're in ministry and you're doing this thing and you're doing it for, for the gospel and for the church, you know, for the people. And you remember those things and it strengthens you. And we'll be praying for you. I, I would ask that, that, you know, my viewers pray for Dale and his health. Um, but 
yeah, to start. So I, I sent you two questions uh, before the interview started. Uh, they were very simple questions. And this is something that you're very passionate about and outspoken about. I am too. I made a video about, you know, mega churches in America. American Gospel is a great documentary mm-hmm. to watch on this as well uh, about uh, touching on the core issues of this. But in your opinion, um, from from everything that you've seen and experienced in ministry, what do you think are the three major flaws in the American church today? Yeah, this is a fantastic question. I have a couple notes that I'm pulled up here just because there are, it's, it's easy to come up with just a thousand flaws because we're, uh, we're looking at a social media world that talks about the bad news. Um, And I, I, I would say that looking at this from a theological and a pastoral perspective. I'm a pastor. I've been pastoring for four years, been in ministry for five years, uh, went to Western Seminary, graduated from there, went back to seminary to do uh, some more uh, postgraduate work at the Master Seminary. Um, and, uh, you know, my my heart really is for church planting, missionary work, um, looking at the American church. I'm a house church planter, Um which is, uh, I think, pretty rare in today's, uh, you know, understanding of the church. But when I when I put together four things, I th- I think they're this, and I'm just going to list them off, and then I'll talk about each one of them. Um, the first problem is eloquent pastors. Okay, and I'll talk about eloquent pastors in a second. Um, false converts. Uh, number three is biblical illiteracy, and number four is the fear of man. And so um, I think that uh, when, when I say eloquent pastors, um, I mean when you have a gift of, when you're a natural orator, when you are a public speaker out of the womb, <laughs> meaning that you just have the gift of gab, you can speak and communicate really well. Uh, I've seen there are several pastors out there on the internet who have that gift. It's very obvious. They're basically Tony Robbins in a church. Um, And uh, the danger with that gift is that you don't rely on the scriptures when you preach. Um, You make it about yourself. You make it about your emotions. You're a great storyteller and you stray away from the scriptures. And that's typically what I've seen in the progressive church and the prosperity church is you have these fantastic communicators who don't rely on scripture because uh, they're so gifted in, in, in a sense that they just can communicate these motivational speeches that, that are, are not expository sermons. And that is, that is a problem. And so my, my hope is um, when you're, if you're a, pastor or a preacher and you're called to the pulpit and you're concerned that you're not the greatest communicator. Um, this is actually a strength in my opinion, because when you're not a great communicator, what do you do? You stick to the script, you stick to the text and you exposit the text verse by verse. You rely on the historical cultural context instead of diving into this ability to communicate these crazy, you know, amazing stories and humor and make everybody laugh. And it, you know, John MacArthur is not a great orator, okay? He, I go to the Master Seminary, which is his seminary, right? He is an incredible expositor. Sure, has he gotten some skills of orator uh, of oratory as he's been preaching for 50-something years? Sure, he has. 
And he's an amazing communicator. But the reason he's amazing is because he exposits the text and he understands the historical, cultural, grammatical context of the passage. And he brings you into the world of the Bible. And so that's my first point is eloquent preachers are dangerous because they, they go off the script and the script is the text of scripture. Number two, I would say is false converts. Uh, the American church has done a fantastic job of winning people to the church without winning them to Christ. Um, we have been more obsessed with church attendance for the past 40 years than we have of genuine repentance and faith in Christ. And so we have uh, thousands upon thousands of people that are in the church, but not in Christ. And, um, you know, I think it was Dr. Steve Lawson um, who said, the only thing worse than not having the assurance of salvation is having the false assurance of salvation. And that, that is what happens today is that there are so many people in the church who think they're saved and they're not. They're not born again believers. Um, they're still in bondage to sin. They have not been set free. They're still relying on their works. They don't understand the mechanics of the biblical gospel. And um, they are in the church. And while they're calling themselves by the name of Christ, representing the body of Christ to the public, they are not having the fruits of the Christian life according to scripture. And it, it is, it's dangerous because people look at Christians to see an example of Christianity. Um, when again, I do believe that we need to be looking at Christ as an example of Christianity, but people do look at Christians as an example of Christianity. And when they don't see the fruit of the spirit in those lives, um, it is, you know, a bad testimony to the world. And so that, that is point number two. And, um, I think we, we need to stop trying to convert people by persuasion. And instead faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We need to convert people. We need to implore them and compel them to believe. But the way that we do that is by preaching the gospel, telling them about, the wrath of God, telling them about uh, the condemnation from their sin, telling them their need to repentance, the command to repent, and understanding what faith is. It's, it's not believing intellectually that Jesus lived, but trusting in Christ. And what are you trusting in Christ to do? Well, you're trusting in Christ to earn the righteous verdict on judgment day that you cannot earn on your own. So you're trusting in his righteousness, not your own righteousness. So explaining the gospel, we need to be doing that more. So that's number two. Uh, number three is biblical illiteracy. And the mission of our ministry at relearn.org is uh, fighting for biblical literacy, meaning we're trying to teach people how to interpret the scriptures. So many people think that they can just read their Bible and understand the deep theological topics. Uh, now, I'm not saying that you can't read your Bible and understand the gospel. And I'm not saying that the Lord can't reveal to you by the Holy Spirit uh, theological truths, because he does. But I'm also talking about, you know, the Bible commands us to, to study, to show ourselves approved to God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And this is, we need to have that... Um, 
commitment to studying. We have to recognize that the Bible is the most complex book on earth. It's more complex than, you know, fourth year calculus. It's more complex than, you know, bio, you know, biometric science. It's, it's more complex than anything you could ever study. It is the most amazing book on earth. Now, at some point, you know, we can't just, um, we can't just believe what other people say about what's in the Bible. We need to open up the Bible ourselves. And there's a difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible. And so you can read it, catch the narrative, catch the gospel truth, um, and the Lord works through his word. But then there's also the ability to study and understand doctrine and understand, um, you know, th- like theological uh, elements of of the scriptures that are vital to your view of God, to your view of yourself, and to your view of bridge who spans the gap between you and God. And for example, basic hermeneutical principles, understanding grammar. We are, we have more information in this era, in this generation than ever before, but we are more dumb than any generation ever before. We don't have basic skills on understanding the part, the basic parts of speech. People can't, you know, what's a participle? The average person's not going to know what that is. Um, how do, you know, what's an antecedent to a pronoun? Um, you know, understanding the difference between something that's prescriptive in the Bible and descriptive in the Bible, breaking down the grammar by block diagramming the text so that you can extract the meaning of the scriptures. These are skills that people think, oh, those for the theologian, that's for the scholar. No, that's basic Christianity. We have just lost it over the last couple hundred years. You look back to the Puritans and you look at the intellectual depth, they're writing 600 page books on one passage of scripture. Um, th- there's this huge commitment to understanding the doctrinal truth of Scripture. So we need to learn how to study our Bible. So one book that I often recommend is Grasping God's Word in the fourth edition right now um, is a great basic introduction to how to interpret Scripture properly with the what I call the grammatical historical method. And um, it's a literal hermeneutic looking at the scripture. How do you interpret that and apply it to your life? Vital. Uh, churches need to be teaching this more, and they're not. We need to get people to stop separating. Sure, seminary is for certain folks that are called to the ministry, understanding Greek and Hebrew and understanding exegesis. But interpretation, it is like I always tell people, you're banking everything on this book is it worth spending a year learning how to interpret it i mean of course it is and so uh, i i would say yeah focusing on on interpretation the last uh, point is the fear of man it's a problem we are social media the mob um the desire to be loved by 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 others um we need to eliminate that and just look okay lord audience of one you are the only one that i'm trying to uh work for and you're a slave of christ uh the number one description of christians in the new testament is used is the greek word doulos which is slave and so we are um 
we have to be willing to speak up for the one who died for us. And we have to be willing to preach the gospel. We have to be willing to stand up for truth in moments that might cost you. Um, There are so many people that are afraid of, of what will happen if they say abortion is wrong or, you know, speak on homosexuality or transgenderism or divorce or suicide or whatever it may be. They're afraid to speak biblical truth on these matters because they don't trust that the Lord will be sovereign over the outcome. And so understanding God's sovereignty really helps with the fear of man. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, but it's basically, you are immortal until the Lord sovereignly calls you home. And so that's the truth is that you just have to worry about being faithful. If the Lord calls you, you need to be willing to stand, to speak. We are ambassadors of Christ. Um, When you cower back, it's just advertising your lack of faith. And what you, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I just, cause I don't trust God. I, I, I love my life more than I love Christ. And so we're entering into a time that we're all sensing right now that will cost many people their lives, their jobs, their uh, possibly imprisonments, possibly uh, banishments from society, loss of platform, whatever it may be. Um, and any pastor or preacher who's got a platform has experienced the intensity of the attack that can come, uh, us included. We've had threats. We've had, um, you know, a- attacks probably a hundred times, um, or more. And the Lord has been with us in the midst of it. Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. We shouldn't expect to have any greater outcome than our Lord. And, um, and that's, that's the four things, so the fear of man. So that's hopefully answers your, your questions there, Melissa. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you. My next question is given all that, which I a hundred percent agree with, what do we do about this as, as the church as a whole? How do we handle this? Yeah. So I think the, there's only one answer and it's getting back to the word of God. It's pastors. You know, I think Paul Washer said, what's the most, what's the biggest threat to the church? And his answer was pastors. Um, We need more pastors to be committed to expository preaching. Um, And that is taking the text, extracting the meaning, explaining it to the congregation and applying it to their lives. And um, when we are committed to the word of God and we can lift the scriptures high and let God speak, uh, everything else is taken care of. Um, We don't need man's ideas. We don't need a better structure. We don't need a better model for church. We don't need, we don't need any of that. What we need is pastors who are willing to stick to stick to the script, to stick to the text, 
and preach them faithfully week after week after week after week. And I would say in tandem with what I said earlier is that teaching believers how to interpret their Bibles, how to study it, we just need to get men and women back into the Word of God. And it, it, that, that whole idea of the scriptures flows down into so many different categories, right? It's like catechizing our children. Like we take our kids, we ask our, I have our kids going through 120 question catechism right now. My four-year-old has got like 80 of them memorized. And, and we, we just need to be willing to do that. Preaching the gospel to our children every day. Um, you know, having conversations with our spouses. Um, being willing to examine, um, you know, commentaries and use, you know, the resources that are out there. Ligonier uh, has great resources. Desiring God's got great resources out there. Grace to Use got great resources. Founders.org has got great resources. Um, digging into some of the the scriptural resources from the past, the commentaries and the theological works of the Puritans. This is, we just got to get back to the word of God and everything that kind of surrounds that arena. And, um, you know, I, every time I hear someone whose faith has been strengthened or whose life has become more fruitful or who finally understands the gospel, it's because they studied scripture. It's because they finally found themselves under a pastor who was expositing the word of God week after week. It's because they started listening or reading something from a faithful expositor. And so um, that, that's, that's the answer. Um, there are a bunch of little things that we could always do, but I just go, if, if we had to do one thing, it's just get back to the word of God, make a commitment to love that thing. There's a book, uh, I forgot uh, the gentleman's name, Nate. Um, he wrote a book, How to Eat Your Bible. And it's a funny title, but it's just how to get in to the Word of God. Um, and we just need more desire, more appetite, more hunger for the Scriptures. I think that that was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that input. And I think it's interesting because in all of church history, we have more access to the scriptures than we've had like in the last few hundred years and it's abundant you can go to a dollar store and get a bible yet we are more ignorant to it now than i would dare say in the past especially in the last hundred years so i think you're i think you're right i think that we have access to this wonderful thing and we need to we need to eat it (laughs) well and it's amazing like you think about the struggles that people are going through you think about like people are broken and hurting from depression and from anxiety and from worry and from pain and from divorce and from pornography and from they're 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 suffering and the entire time they're walking by feet away from the book that has the answer it's it's so incredibly um ironic that the world is desperately seeking and searching for answers and almost every house in America has a Bible in it. Um, and so it's so close to us. God has been so merciful and gracious to us. Um, yet we are remain ignorant in our sin, uh, of the word of God. So yeah, just getting back to the Bible, making that commitment and preaching it uh, to others. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Um, I really appreciate your insight on all of this. I think that, uh, you have a lot of insight and experience on this. 
And again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this. And for my viewers, I'm going to leave uh, Dale's information in the description of this video. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I'll leave it in the description as there as well. Dale, thank you so much. Would, would you mind praying us out of this video? Yeah, would love to. Father, we thank you for um, men and women who have a hunger for your word. Father, we ask that you would increase that appetite. Father, that it wouldn't be our own works and our own desire to try to chase you more, but Father, from your strength that you provide. Lord, you are the gifter of faith. Father, you are the gifter of mercy. You are the gifter of desire and passion. Lord, we ask that you would increase that for the church today. Lord, that we would seek out the truth, that you would provide direction for us and that you would uh, give us wells of water and fields of grass. Lord, that we would be full as a church, that we would uh, arise to the opportunities and occasions to preach the gospel that are coming. Father, that we would be bold, uh, that we would have the confidence and the peace, even in our boldness, the courage that you would provide for that. Father, we ask that you would teach us uh, the basic essentials of the gospel. You would remind us daily what those those are. And Father, that you would uh, just continue to pour your spirit on us. Lord, that we would persevere in your strength uh, in this generation and be an example to the following generations to come. Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.